All right. We have a really good one today. Somebody that I have um, just a lot of admiration for, Mike Masucci of AEO Leadership. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a consultant. He's got 20 plus years of high school coaching experience. I mean, he's been involved with Detroit Country Day, had some great teams with Royal Oak Shine, works with uh, different schools and programs from throughout the great state of, of Michigan. And here's how much I support this guy. I bought his books. We've had him on the podcast. I've had him speaking to some of our other coaches and some Zoom calls. Uh, we recently had him as a speaker at one of our coaches clinics. He's just a high, he's a high caliber person. And so we are blessed to have him back on the Coach's Edge podcast. So first and foremost, Coach, thanks for taking the time to be back on the Coach's Edge. And I'm excited to dig into uh, what of all things, the topic of leadership today. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that introduction, too. That was uh, very nice to hear. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. So one of the last things that I mentioned was, so for our listeners, there's two things we're going to touch on in this podcast. One, uh, we had coach at one of our coaches clinics. He was our main speaker, kind of our headline speaker, and he had the chance to do a uh, more of a classroom speaking session. They did an on-court speaking session. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that he shared with, you know, about 20 plus coaches of uh, what things that can be beneficial for them, their team, their program, uh, building leadership culture. And then we're going to touch on uh, when things maybe aren't going so well within your program and you're having some struggles with your team as um, you know, most teams around the country right now are, you know, they're not halfway through the season yet. It's still pretty early. So uh, coach, let's go to the clinic first. This was, you know, kind of early November before basketball season had started in Michigan. You know, what, what were some of your overall thoughts from, from the clinic? And then um, love to have you share some of the key points that you share with our coaches that were in attendance. Well, I was very uh, flattered to be asked to speak uh, at Elkton Pigeon Bayport uh, to their athletic department, uh, their athletic director, uh, really impressive uh, young man, uh, kind of had a vision for what he wanted his staff to, to hear and, to, and how to embark in the, on their season. I appreciated getting to know him. I appreciated getting to know your mom who had some great team activities to kind of juice everybody up and to give them some great uh, wisdom on how to build some team camaraderie throughout the school year great games uh, that really apply to the sport and to life and to working as a team. So I, I actually took some good notes during her session. Um, and Anthony from Charlevoix and Lance um, from Lexington Croswell, the two superstar varsity coaches. I took a lot of notes during the basketball part of it too. So I really enjoy being part of that. One of the, the key messages that I wanted to to get across was asking this question, are we fit uh, to lead in these times? And I think it's always important to, to start with a question because questions, you know, they, uh, they warm up the brain. You know, our brain is always good when it's curious. And when we ask questions, it lights up kind of like, you know, when you walk into a room and the lights go on because it's motion sensor, that's how our brain is with curiosity. So asking a question, you know, are we fit to lead in these times? You know, you think of all the, the great leaders that ever walked the face of the earth. 
you know, you think of people like Abraham Lincoln in 1864, right at the end of the Civil War. The war wasn't over yet, but we were planning on the end. And most people, the status quo was, let's hang everybody. Let's, let's you know, um, get revenge for what, what's gone on and what's transpired for the last four years. But Abe Lincoln was a little bit ahead of his time. He, he thought mercy with malice toward none and mercy toward all. He was a little bit different than his peers and what, this, uh, what his times required. Or you think of somebody like Susan B. Anthony, who was also a little bit ahead of her time. Think about the status quo then. Women didn't vote. And she saw beyond that. She saw a vision. Her theme was nothing is impossible. I love that theme. And so she saw a day where women could vote. And she was obviously a pioneer in the women's suffrage movement. She didn't live to see that happen in 1920, but she was just one step ahead of her time, bringing people uh, to a vision that she had. Or probably the most famous example is Martin Luther King Jr., who lived in a time in, in the South and the United States and Alabama where segregation was the norm. But he saw something else. He said, uh, you know, judge me by the content of my character, uh, not the color of my skin. And so he saw something else. And he had, he said, I have a dream. And he kind of took people with him. And so those are examples of leaders fit for their time. They were a little bit ahead of their time with their vision, but their heart and their hands and everything else was in that time ready to lead. And so we're at, you know, real crux as leaders as athletic leaders as coaches athletic directors teachers everyone dealing with young people i would even say all leaders at all levels um, you know we're coming out of uh, a two-year you know trauma of, of covid19 and you know people are looking for leadership and so you ask a question like we did at Elton Pigeon Bayport, are we fit for our time? So what, what are the times that we're living in? Are, are people more than ever uh, need people to believe in them? Uh, they need people to understand that everybody's going to exit a trauma differently. Uh, they're going to understand. They, uh, so as a leader, uh, where's our vision and to whom that is in our charge, how can we reach them and individually and collectively uh, get to that uh, vision? So that's kind of where we started. And so what we talked about is some good old fashioned strategies with maybe some contemporary um, or good old fashioned values with some contemporary strategies. And so, you know, Steve, I, I like to talk about the brain a little bit and so we got into um, like some metacognitive strategies. So like one of the things that uh, we felt is if mental health is on the frontier right now, if, you know, are, again, to the question, are we fit for our times? If mental health is, a, is on the frontier and everybody's exiting this COVID with different stages of, of their mental health, then let's make sure our brain is right when our brain is right we're right and so it turns out our brain and a lot of this stuff comes from simon simic and others a lot our brain 
really produces some natural chemicals that can get our athletes, get our students thinking right and acting right. For example, we talked uh, at the clinic about endorphins. Endorphins are naturally produced when we're working hard and we're uh, laughing and having fun. Our brain's really good when we're working hard and enjoying. So we talked to the coaches about, you know, conditioning and, and not only working hard to get our bodies right, but to get our brain right. And uh, we talked about just finding times to laugh and to have some fun. So if you're a program that works extremely hard, that you're the hardest working team in your county, your league, your, in the state, whatever it is that you hold your hat on, but you also take times to enjoy like team dinners or team gatherings or just when something funny happens to, to take a moment, enjoy those moments, then to remind the kids that, hey, we're building endorphins. Like our brains are healthy. This is what healthy people do. We also talked about dopamine. That's the uh, uh, task accomplishing uh, um, chemical. So there, there's research out there that there, there's only three to 4% of the people out there that actually set goals and write those goals down. What better place to learn how to set goals than in athletics? And if we're a coach that's serious about, you know, are we fit for these times? Uh, building and dopamine, setting goals, and um, teaching kids how to do that, I think is the right, is one of the right things you can do. Like, for example, our brain loves to accomplish a task. So if you're a basketball coach and you said, all right, we're going to hold a team to eight to 12 points a quarter this game. And you guys accomplish that goal by the end of the game. There's a flush of dopamine that just rushes through your brain. And it's like, yeah, we feel good. We did it. And you're also teaching kids how to set process goals. Like, you know, um, and, I, you know, when, when you talk about goals, I'm kind of jumping here, but when you talk about goals, I think goals can be twofold. They could be process goals and they can be also outcome goals. And Lou Holtz has a great saying about goals. If they don't get you excited, then it's not the right goal. So one of the things I would suggest to coaches, and we talked about this at the clinic, is get serious about setting goals. Talk to your athletes about what they want to accomplish not only within the season, but outside the season, about their academics, where they want to go to college, um, specific to sport, uh, certainly uh, because you're their coach, but really dive into their life. Um, one of the things that, you know, every coach has heard before they, they start and every teacher's heard before their career began is, you know, kids won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When you set goals with your kids, uh, they know that you care. Uh, and it's also a great way to hold your athletes accountable. You know, if they want to be a college athlete, if they want to be an honor roll student, and they're not getting it done uh, either on the court or in the classroom, you have that note card of their goals right in your office. And you could sit down with them and say, look, you know, you wrote this down. We talked about your path. We talked about you wanting to 
play at the next level. We talked about you being an honor student. You wrote it right here. And you're holding them account for their dreams and their goals. If you think about the word accountable, that means you can count on me. And, and so as a coach, you're saying to uh, your athletes, you can count on me to hold you uh, to your goals, to your aspirations. So dopamine, like I've, I've accomplished this. I want to do something. So you have, uh, you have dopamine, you have endorphins. Uh, and the next uh, brain chemical we talked about was serotonin. And that's the team chemical. That's the, the exchange of uh, positive emotions that comes from a smile, a compliment, a fist bump, a high five, uh, you know, a pat on the back, an uh, at a boy or at a girl, kind of just, just that kind of positive vibe that a, a, a team can have just through the intentional building of serotonin. You know, they say that when LeBron James walks into the locker room, he looks at everybody, points at everybody, has a nickname for people, has a little joke with everybody. And, uh, you know, that's really an exercise in serotonin. It's building positive vibes in, in the locker room. One of the things that we challenge is like, you know, get the phone away from the locker room because, you know, people have their face in their phone or their earbuds on and there's really no positive exchanges uh, happening between athletes. So, you know, you can ask, am I fit for, you know, the times that I lead? You know, am I building endorphins? Are we working hard and enjoying the moment? Are we setting goals and accomplishing those goals? Thirdly, are, are we... Uh, uh, are we a positive team? Do we have positive exchanges, both verbally, both verbally and non-verbally? Those are endorphins, dopamine, and, and serotonin. And the last chemical we talked about was oxytocin, and that's really the the love chemical. That's like the 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 love that a uh, uh, a mom has for their child, and and you can build that in a team. You know, a lot of teams say, you know, on the count of three, family. You know, one, two, three, family. Well, well, what does that mean? You know, a family is is somebody who puts other needs in front of their own. And when you can get to that place, when you can get to a place where uh, someone else's goals are more important than yours or just as important as yours, uh, you're really building oxytocin, a love, a, a trust, a, uh, a chemistry that uh, can really be unstoppable. And so that's what we, we really dove into. I'm, I kind of went a little bit fast and jumped around a little bit, but I hope we landed in a, in a good spot. So we asked the question, are we fit to lead in these times? What are our times? It's, it's the frontier, the mental health. If we're not, you know, uh, addressing mental health issues in our program, we're, we're pretty much behind the times. Mm. Mm. And coaches have been behind the times in, in other areas as well. And, 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 you know, with, with concussions or with maybe getting an athletic trainer or with, you know, a strength and conditioning coach, you know, you, you hear, yeah. you know, back in the eighties, Oh, I, I work out my own guys. Don't, I, you know, don't, I don't need a strength guy. And, you know, pretty soon, you know, in the nineties, here comes the strength co coaches all <laughs> over the place. Or in the seventies, I don't need an athletic trainer. I tape my own ankle. I got right. my own. I tape my. 
you know, well, pretty much in the eighties, every team had an athletic trainer. So sometimes coaches resist, you know, what's coming. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, I challenge coach, I challenge teachers to, to not resist, but to be fit for your times, maybe even, you know, like the Lincoln, uh, Anthony and King a little bit ahead of their times. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what we talked about. We'd had some other discussions, but that was the, the main message. I just want to say, I think, I think this is the most important episode we've done in 2022. This is, that's no offense to any of our phenomenal guests that we've had in the past year, but this is mid December. So we've had pretty much all of our podcasts wrapped up. I think this is the most important episode that we've ever done this year. So to, to our listeners so far, I mean, we can stop the pod right now, go back and listen to coach this past 15 minutes and then send it out to all of your assistant coaches, your junior high coaches, teachers, anybody that you care about and is especially in a situation to positively impact young people. They need to hear what Mike just broke down over the past 15 minutes because it is, it's not just about winning games, right? Like, I don't want to sound overdramatic. People's lives are at stake. People's lives are at stake. And you you could you could be the difference maker if you're applying some of the things that coach has broken down in just 15 minutes. This 15 minutes has been the most important 15 minutes we've done on the Coach's Edge podcast in 2022. No doubt about it. So coach, I mean, this has been awesome. And we're gonna we're gonna continue to to roll with this. Teams are in basketball season. We're maybe a third, 25% of the way, depending on where you are throughout the course of the country. And you've shared all these great nuggets with us already, but there's coaches listening who are struggling. There's coaches listening who are trying to find, I don't know if the gear, what the right word to use is, but they're struggling with some of the camaraderie, some of the teamwork, the communication, the leadership that is needed for a team to be the best that they can be and games have already begun. So what's some advice that you would give to those coaches who now are really like you talked about coaches kind of being behind these coaches are really searching right now and games are coming up quick. You know, what are some things that we can do without, without hyperbole, you know, that this is probably uh, the most difficult time to be a coach in the history of athletics. If you if you take the times in which we're in uh, with social media, with you know the whole compare and despair that happens online, with with uh, what our young people have gone through uh, recently, it's really a difficult time. And coaches are in the spotlight all the time with demands from you know all over. Uh, so it's it's a really difficult time, and I I look at it like uh, like there's certain laws. There's a law of gravity. What comes up, you know, must come down. But there's also a law of association, meaning we'll be, you know, we are the you know the average of our five closest friends. So we'll be we'll be the average of the five closest coaches that we put in our lives. So I would really get a circle of greatness that uh, that you have in the industry that can really 
um, be there for you unconditionally and, and with unvarnished advice. But then I'd also, and this is not a self-serving for people like you and me, but I'd also get somebody, you know, outside of the industry that that's close to it, you know, that that's not directly coaching. Uh, and, and I know that your services do that. Mine do that as well. And I think, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's like, uh, you know, a, a CEO who has a business coach or that is uh, just somebody that you can talk to that that has some fresh eyes that has, you know, that's that's not going through the grind that you are, you know, because think about how we how the brain, you know, think about how it's evolved. You know, our brain is a, uh, you know, an energy conserver. It's a surviving mechanism it evolved to protect us and so you know you as a coach are in stress mode you know like it's um you got to win a game or you know so and so wants more playing time or you got to return two emails from a parent or the principals you know uh need some of your time or the athletic director needs needs some of your time and and then you feel maybe guilty about the time you're not having it at home like in the season you are in survival mode and when you're in survival mode you're not in creation mode you're not in a creative state so you know you get uh to talk to somebody who's not in stress mode who's not in survival mode and you could say you know what do you think about that they have a little bit of a freshness about the perspective that uh you know you probably would get to in the off season but but during you know, you know, in between playing your rival and and one of your best players has an injury, like you, your your brain's not ready for creation mode. And you, you know, we're either in survival or creation, and and the best thinking is done in creation. And so that's why I think it's always good to 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 have that circle of greatness in the industry, but then also have that that you know relationship just outside that. Uh, you know, the, the industry, I think we're in the industry, but I think, you know what I mean? We're not directly coaching right now, right. but we get some fresh eyes and, and fresh perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I think those are good support systems uh, in place. I think that the, the natural reaction when anything goes wrong is to, you know, look, look inside, like, it, you know, I, and we naturally just think about me, 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 me. And so I, I love what you've just shared because it's the exact opposite, right? It's the ex exact opposite. It's finding that circle, right? Do you have five coaches that you can really reach out to? Do you have somebody who is outside of the position, but is still connected to the game and they have a, a fresh set of eyes and they may have a different set of experiences that can help you apply. And so just that nugget alone, I think is, is really, really important because it's against our human nature. Like you said, the brain, it, it just wants to survive. Like I got to stay, stay alive. Right. And so it's that natural ability to say, hey, I got to flip this and I got to look outside to other people within kind of my web, my network, and then they, they can help me is is just such such golden nuggets um so that that's that's fantastic i mean keep keep going what are some you know oh, some yeah. strategies and things we can do i know all the great coaches do that in the off season but it's just 
you know, it's it's hard to to get into that creative state in season, and you really do need it. Um, you know, because you're usually low on sleep, you're you're probably not eating as well as you normally do, and so all those can get you in a, a negative kind of cycle of of uh, you know not being at your best when your best is needed. So you know, taking a deep breath, you know, making a phone call, uh, you know, that those are really helpful things. I think you also made point to you know, like with your players, I think. And it goes back to what we were saying before. You really, I challenge programs to really have a systematic leadership program that uh, is, you know, built from the ground up, built from your freshman JV and and uh, varsity programs. Think about, you know, twenty years from now when your players graduate, and they're a uh, you know, a CEO of a company and they're talking to their employees and they say, you know, the place where I really learned about leadership, how to lead, how to set goals, how to get not only myself out of my comfort zone, but those in my charge out of my comfort zone uh, was was through my uh, my basketball coach in high school. You know, that's really what you want. You know, um, we had, uh, uh, I think I think you know this, but one of the things that I do in the summer is I do some educational leadership development with uh, Michigan Elite 25. Uh, and those are like the 100, 100 of the best Michigan basketball players, high school basketball players come together under uh, the leadership of uh, Tim McCormick former NBA player, uh, work, currently works for the uh, NBA right now in the Players Union, works for ESPN, does the Pissing Games. He's he's a, a national leader. And Mike Dietz, uh, those two run Michigan Elite 25, are the, the co-owners. And they hire me to do some educational stuff and some leadership with the players. But one of the guest speakers would, was Matt Ishbia, uh, the uh owner of United Shore Mortgage and uh, Mateen Cleves, who works for, for Matt at United Shore Mortgage. Well, all the basketball people out there know who Mateen is. He was, you know, a great, great player at Michigan State, uh, NCAA championship. And Matt was uh, on those teams and, and a role player on those teams. Well, Matt is now, you know, one of the richest people in the world. And one of the kids asked him, you know, where did you learn how to lead? You know, and he said, as all of us can guess from Tom Izzo, you know, that's where I learned, you know, how to how to lead. Of course, he, he made reference to his dad and some other things. But but really, he gave credit uh, to Tom Izzo, to Coach Izzo, excuse me, and uh, the Michigan State way. And he said he runs his business you know, just like Michigan, just like Michigan State basketball, just like Coach Izzo runs his basketball program with accountability, with hard work, with, you know, drive and energy. And, and I think that's the kind of story we want as coaches, you know, to, you know, uh, to have that kind of impact on, on people, not just the Mateen Cleese, not just the people that go to the NBA, but the, the Matt Ishbias who, who, probably rarely saw the court, but was soaking up all those life lessons about how to lead, about how to set goals, about how to write those goals down and, 
and to have somebody like Coach Izzo hold him accountable for those goals. Uh, so uh, that's the story we want to tell. You know, we are the the uh, the head coach, but we're also the author of our own story, our own leadership story. And we want to write a story where, you know, we're helping other people get to the places they want to go. And uh, uh, that's a pretty neat story to, to mm -hmm. write. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had the chance to play. It was, it was one of my all time favorite basketball experiences. I played against Mateen Cleaves in like a pro-am one time. Okay. And uh, it was like a dream come true because I, I mean, he was my favorite player uh, watching Michigan state and um, from the basketball side of things, the best passer I've ever seen. His yeah. passing was, I mean, he was throwing darts to guys that like they didn't even know they were open. He was hitting them in the hands. It was a beautiful thing. So uh, side note, that's, that's awesome coach. So, yeah, and, and one of the things <laughs> that, that if I can just add to that, that his job at United shore, here's a guy who played in the NBA, you know, college superstar, college player of the year. His job is uh, leadership development. Yeah. So like, you know, what a great job. And mm -hmm. can you imagine working at United Shore and being in a session with Mateen Cleaves mm -hmm. talking about leadership? I mean, mm -hmm. how inspiring mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. must be. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so as a coach, what are some strategies that we could do? I mean, let's just role play here. Let's say, you know, we're seven games into the season, you know, a couple kids have been sick. Maybe we don't have uh, maybe any seniors on the team and, you know, real young group. We've, we've lost three games in a row and coach is starting to feel like, man, I feel like we're, we're losing them a little bit because not just that we're losing, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get this quote. I can't remember where I got it, but you can lose games, but you can't lose your team. And that's that's what a, what a coach is is going through, right? They're right. losing some games, but they're on the verge of losing their team. What are some things that they can do to kind of pull that that team back? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, a hard question. I think some of it some of it is basketball related, right? Like like you know you're losing games for a reason. I think you know I don't know. I mean, if you want to go into that, but I always love the the phrase, you know, I think Bobby Knight coined it and you probably got it from somewhere is, you know, uh, you know, dumb loses more than smart wins. So you're, you're, you know, if you're on a losing streak and playing teams that you, you should be able to, to beat that you might want to look at, look at that. Um, I'm a, I was a big film guy too, but I think like from a leadership standpoint, uh, you know, understanding uh, the rhythm and the demands of the, the students these days, you know, are they, are they burned out? Uh, do they just need a day off? Um, you know, do they need two days off? Um, but also understanding uh, this generation where, and you mentioned losing uh, the team, you know, this generation, maybe more than than, than prior, uh, really doesn't, they don't hold titles uh, as much as uh, as maybe my generation did or generations before us. For example, if I was, you know, if a head coach told me something to do, I, I'd listen to him or her because they're the head coach. That's a position. Or let's say this coach is not only the head coach, but 
they've won a couple state titles. Oh my gosh, this is a state champion coach. I'm of course going to listen to him or her. Or maybe they weren't a state champion, but but maybe they they played basketball in college. You know, oh, you know, for sure I'm going to like they they've accomplished this, you know. And John Maxwell, actually a leadership guru, does a nice job of talking about the the, the levels of leadership. But this generation really is all about like a, a personal relationship with you. And you get that through the time that you spend with them. So they don't care that you're the varsity coach. They don't care that you um, played in college. They don't care that you've won state championships or they don't care that you've come from a, a great pedigree of, of coaches or they don't care that last year your team won the sectional championship went to the regionals and, and lost in the last second with everybody back, you know, they like, so your, your past accomplishments mean little to them. What means a lot is your personal relationship. So think about kids with, you know, in your program with, with an HCL, a high care level or an MCL middle care level or LCL low care level. Like you, like they're, you can reach a high care level by just pouring into them individually, uh, getting into their life story. And, you know, we talked about the brain. If there's an oxytocin relationship, meaning that this coach wants me to succeed more than anybody I've ever met in my life. You know, like I can't, I don't understand it. Not only in basketball, but in history class or, or you know, in and, and the job that I have after school, like he's offered to, or she's offered to write me a letter of recommendation, like whatever it is, like you're just pouring into a high care level, like this young athlete. And, you know, the, that can, that can help the doldrums of, of a season, you know, like, because it's, you know, you know, it's it's basketball's a long season, but if you're with people that uh, you care about and they you know and that you know they care about you, I mean it, it helps. It it definitely helps. Um, and then going back to what we talked about about just having a whole lot of fun, like finding right. moments to laugh and enjoy, and mm -hmm. you know uh, that's why I think scheduling is is really really important. You know I I look at at keys to a successful season, you know, talent is obviously, you know, helps the wins, but the right scheduling is, is really important. If you have control of your schedule, you really gotta, you gotta kind of, um, know when, know when to challenge them and know, know when it's going to be tough. Like I just talked to a high level coach that just gave three days off because the kids are in exams. And he's like, I don't really, you know, the next game we play is important, but it's not as important as their exams. Right. And, you know, if I'm practicing and they're studying till midnight, we're not going to play well anyways. You know, mm -hmm. like he, he kind of gets the rhythm of the season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one of, uh, one of my mentors uh, when I was a young coach was Kurt Keener, who was the head coach at Detroit country day. And, uh, at boys and Frank Orlando, who was the head country, uh, 
coach of girls and I coached with both of them and they were masters at, you know, treating the season like a journey, mm -hmm. like a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint for, you know, 20 games. There's ebbs and flows. And of course their goal, and I think every coach's goal is to play uh, your best in March. So, you know, if you're getting hung up and you're already burned out in December, you know, and, 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 you know, you can't see that the exams are a little bit more important right now, or, you know, your health of your team, uh, then, then you got your priorities mixed up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Knowing when to hit the gas, knowing when to hit the brakes, the yeah. pulse, having a pulse of, of your team. Um, yeah. And if you're not sure communicating with that too, you know, maybe it's a, a captain's group or a leadership group or just the teams as a whole is getting, you know, their feel for it. And it's a great point on the schedule. Like if you can, if you can set up a schedule that, um, you know, especially if you're a higher level team and, you know, maybe the schedule is a little bit weaker around exam week than it is, you know, at a different point in the season as you're scheduling games, that's a, that's a really great tidbit right there. And you mentioned the season being a journey. I mean, basketball season, it's, it's the sport that spans first semester, second semester, you have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you have New Year. It's a long season compared to a lot of other sports, and it truly is a journey. And you, in fact, you've written a couple books about this <laughs> as well. So as we get into that, tell us more about uh, that journey aspect of you know how vital it is to keep that in mind and how coaches, we can help our players with that. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coaches do a great job of, of having seasons within a season, you know, like um, they might be playing in a showcase and say, okay, this is like a district championship game. You know, we're all, our goal is to be in the district championship to win the, let's treat this like we would our district championship game. Maybe, maybe the time's a little different uh, or maybe the day's a little different. Um, like, Hey, this is like, this is a Friday night. This is a championship environment. So just kind of, playing with the season a little bit, um, you know, having maybe your, maybe a, if a team's blessed to have five non-league games before a league season and then their league and then the state champion and then the state tournament. So now you have three seasons in one, you know, you have, you know, and then you have goals for each season. Like, you know, we've got, you know, six non-league games. We want to be four and two and we want to make sure we win our last game because this is, you know, this is like the state tournament or a league championship game or and then your league, you know, you have goals for your league. You know, many teams say we want to win their league, but some teams might say, hey, we want to be 500 and, and having high momentum going into the state tournament. Like so, again, setting goals, breaking down your season from, uh, you know, into increments. You know, I use the term elite journey in both of my books. And you think about elite and that's being the, the very, very best that you can and journey, meaning the time that you have. So an elite journey is being the, the best that you can, the time that you have. And that's really uh, the vibe I wanted to create uh, in both uh, in both books. Coach, I got three pages of notes, three pages of notes. I mean, look, 
I mean, here's one of them right here. You're not going to be able to read it because my writing's so sloppy. I got three pages of notes here. Uh, this has been uh, amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, we continue to talk for forever. Tell us as we finish this up a little bit more about your book, your consulting, all the really cool stuff that you can continue to do and how coaches can connect with you. I'm enjoying working with teams right now. I, I uh, you know, have a, a company called AEO and that's really the... Uh, the legs in which the stool I sit on, it's attitude, excellence, and others. I, I want to make sure that, you know, every day I have a, a great attitude, a rising tide attitude. Um, that's my A, that's, that's my attitude. Uh, excellent, um, excellence, that, that means I'm getting better every day. You know, that makes, uh, um, you know, I, I love the, the progress over perfection mantra. And then the, the O is others. Like, you know, just, I love the Mother Teresa line, you know, don't ever leave someone's presence without them feeling a little bit better. You know, you can always find ways to to be a rising tide in other people's lives. So that's that's the AEO. That's my LLC. Um, you can get a hold of me uh, at my email, coachmasucci at gmail.com or, you know, reach out to me via, uh, you know, Twitter, just down, you know, you know just direct message me. Um, but, uh, right now I'm working with a couple teams. I'm enjoying that. I'm pretty much at capacity with the teams, but I do do some other, other stuff with, uh, teams individually. Um, they use my books for team reads. If you, you know, if you do that, I'll come talk to your team and do a team building activity with them. Uh, so that's kind of what, what I'm doing. You know, you mentioned, you know, about, uh, you know, what do teams do if they're having leadership problems? Remember, we talked about that. And I don't know if I did, if I answered that directly. I think I kind of went on uh, on a tangent. Um, I, I would I would just encourage each coach to think of leadership as a skill. So you could almost reframe it like, what would I do if my point guard couldn't dribble with his left hand? You know, that's a skill. Well, what you would do is you'd teach him or her and you'd have drills around it, but they probably would never get to the varsity level without being able to do that, right? So so just like you have skill development programs for dribbling, passing, and shooting, I would also consider having that for leadership as well, to have a systematic program in place where kids are constantly getting flooded with leadership messages, with uh, um, positive messages, uh, bringing successful alum in to talk to them about the value of important leadership lessons, like one waning message that is kind of, uh, we're missing now uh, more than I can remember is that delayed gratification like I, I think that's something that that kids need to hear all the time, the importance of delayed gratification, meaning if you're not getting what you want right now, um, what do you do? And what many people do is they blame or um, you know, or they leave, you know, <laughs> they just go. And they, they hope that the grass is green or somewhere else. So I think this idea of what do you do uh, 
when you know you're not getting what you want i think that those kinds of messages are are so important so that's what i would do if, if you're having leadership problems and you're saying you know in in uh uh you know your your middle of your your season man i, I don't know what to do with my leaders it's really too late you know it's that's not when you want to have those issues you want to have that that's that development program but if it is like right there then you know uh, doing some of the things that we've discussed today, bringing somebody else in. I do some Zooms with some captains. You know, I'm really excited about with that, just Zooming in with some captains and their coaches and talking about what's going on. Uh, we, we I, I was just talking to, uh, you know, four hockey captains and, their, and three of their coaches. And we, you know, we were in a circle and, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, their team, uh, what's going on? It turned out they just had a couple of tough uh, losses and they feel like, you know, um, they're not certainly not losing their team, but they feel like, you know, there's just something missing. Like they were there. This is a state championship program. They're like, you know, this isn't the vibe we want. And we talked about different ways to juice up the vibe, like just just kind of bringing in different voices. I think that. Um, might might say similar things, but have might have different research around it or a different way to reach the kids or uh, just making the kids feel special that somebody else is is part of the program. College college um, programs do a, a really good job of that of using mm -hmm. resources to help them, you know, reach their goals. I think high schools uh, uh, are are beginning to follow suit. Yeah, it's. You know, it's it's such a great comparison of boy, if a kid's struggling at a specific skill, you would coach them in a way that's going to allow them to continue to improve at that specific skill. Their left hand, for an example. But are we doing that from a communication standpoint? Are we doing that from a leadership standpoint? Are we doing that from uh, a team building standpoint? I don't know, maybe not. And so, can we find ways to continue to do that throughout the course of the season? And you've done an awesome job of given us a handful of examples. There's so many out there that, that we could use. That's awesome. This was, this was so good. I feel like I needed this. Like this was, like this was awesome. Around, but I hope, I hope this we was landed good. the plane the right way. Oh my goodness. This was fantastic. Like, I mean, I, I, I took so many things uh, away from this coach and, you know, just, just the nuggets from, you know, the, the chemicals in the brain to, all the different things that, um, you know, we can keep in mind when we're working with our team throughout the course of, of the season has been just so, so good. So, um, coach, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the coach's edge podcast. Um, you know, I meant what I said, I think this is the most important episode that we've, we've done this year. And I just can't wait to get it out, uh, to our listeners. If you find this beneficial, share it out, share it out, tag, uh, you know, coach Masushi on Twitter. Uh, if you're, if you're on Twitter, uh, share it out with other people because I know this one can make a, a positive impact in, in the, not just their lives, but uh, the young people that they communicate with. So um, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, get after it today. Thanks, coach.